1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Stephen Gerrard's hoping a win against Braga can kickstart Rangers' season after recent slip-ups. Lee Griffiths and Greg Taylor will miss Celtic's trip to Copenhagen. And St Mirren come through a cup tie for the ages at Fir Park. Will they meet Kilmarnock or Aberdeen in the next round? I'm Gordon Duncan. Joining me tonight is Craig Beatty and Mark Weedy. Yeah, and anybody going along to Rugby Park tonight, uh, Gordon will be hoping that they've got the same entertainment as was had at Fir Park last night. An eight-goal thriller, a penalty shootout. And St Mirren emerge victorious in the next round And they will play the winner of Kilmarnock or Aberdeen tonight And tomorrow night we're back into European football Celtic over in Denmark and Rangers at home to Braga And uh, both sides will be looking to get decent results To take into the second legs next midweek Huge midweek of Europa League action Craig Yeah massive midweek um, Obviously for the, the coefficient we all want both teams to do particularly well um, And you know just really intriguing games and, and looking forward to both of them Right the number you need tonight is 0141 951 1025 So don't hang about get in touch let us know what's on your mind And if you would rather tweet then we are at Clyde SSB In the first hour we're going to be going hopefully live to Copenhagen Get the very latest from the Celtic camp ahead of that game We'll cover off the team news The injury selection headaches and all the rest of it Rangers fans, what about you? What are you hoping for? Stephen Gerrard thinks a result against Braga Can reignite Rangers' season Is that the way you see it? And I wonder Has falling behind in the title race Changed your feelings on Europe at all? Has it slipped down your list of priorities? Or are you as up for it as ever? I just wonder what impact Slipping behind in the title race Has made to your feelings about the Europa League 01419511025 Get in touch Or on Twitter At Clyde SSB Craig Hits the nail on the head Mark For us it's, it's quite simple Hopefully they both do the business Hopefully they then do the business again Next week Loads of lovely coefficient points And we continue to build our standing in Europe from there Of course individually When you dig a bit deeper They've both got their own own priorities, own situations to overcome. Yeah, but you know the the positive thing is it's nice that for the first time since two thousand and eight, both Rangers and Celtic are uh, playing in Europe beyond Christmas. And of course, two thousand and eight was a year that Rangers went all the way to the final in Manchester of uh, the U- UEFA Cup. Celtic get knocked out in the last sixteen of the Champions League. Uh, Barcelona. Don't know if Craig was at Celtic at that point. Uh, Gordon Strachan's um, team. So that's really encouraging. And looking at both ties. Gordon, without taking anything for granted, they're, they're both winnable ties for me. With the greatest of respect to, to, to Braga and Copenhagen, I would say that Braga probably slightly more difficult um, than a good run of form uh, too. But certainly, it's it's the ties that neither Celtic nor Rangers should be afraid of. And we're talking about the coefficient and trying to get through to the next round. It's a big few weeks uh, in terms of Europe because we've got Scotland's game against Israel coming fast upon us too, and that's something that we need to go and try and win too. So it's great that it's back. Into the action And I'm feeling quite positive About it all So all your Europa League thoughts Please to kick us off 01419511025 We are going to be crossing over To Copenhagen Hearing from Neil Lennon Hopefully speak to our reporter Alison Conroy As well We've already got Stephen Gerrard In the bag though He's been speaking today So Rangers fans What are you thinking Ahead of this visit Of Braga tomorrow And has falling behind In the title race Changed your feelings Towards the Europa League Or not Let us know right now 01419511025 The manager is hoping The result can reignite Their season He says the players Always rise to the challenge Of European football And he's hoping for more Of the same tomorrow 
I believe you with what you say that we have found our best performances in Europe. We do seem as if the, the, the tougher the challenge, um, the more we rise to that challenge. This is where the players all want to be when you sit down with the players, um, when, you, when you're signing new players or when you're speaking to existing players. They all want to experience the, the opportunity to play for Rangers um, at European level. It'll be a packed house. I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, what performance the crowd bring because they can be a huge help for us tomorrow. If we can find that performance that gets us a, a real positive result, uh, that sets us up nicely for, for the second leg, um, I'm sure we'll be feeling an awful lot uh, better about ourselves. Um, sometimes it takes this level of opposition or this type of game the magnitude of it to, to, to find your best and rediscover uh, your top form. So, um, without a doubt, if we are to be happy come the final whistle tomorrow, we're going to have to find a performance where we rediscover ourselves both in and out of possession. Rangers fans, are you expecting a bounce back to the previous European performances or any current concerns after recent slip ups domestically? 01419511025. You can see where the hope comes from, Mark Weary, because. Without going over the top I mean they didn't progress last season But in in relative terms Placed up against expectation levels Rangers have been pretty faultless in Europe Yeah They've been good and, You know away from home They've picked up some Really good results You think of the performance And the quality of the goals They scored over in Portugal um, Against Porto it Was really good And It's got Stephen Gerrard said You know tomorrow night They're looking for the supporters To bring something to I think that um, I think that Alfredo Morelos He's drew a couple of big performances You know, he played really well in Europe In the first half of the season I think since he's come back from the winter break Obviously had that suspension But for me, he doesn't look the same Alfredo Morelos From the first half of the season And he's still got a huge um, role to play for Rangers um, Over the next three months They're still in a lot of competitions They've still got a chance to go and do A league and cup gobble They've still got a chance to make Real progress in Europe So, without pinning everything on Morelos I th- I'm almost tempted to say He owes his manager one and I think Ryan Kent does too and uh, and one or two others and I think that's why Rangers will come out um, tomorrow night and the ones that um, are not offended or don't take a huff by their manager calling them out will get their sleeves rolled up and get wired in tomorrow night Yeah, that was that was interesting Mark, what uh, Stephen Gerrard said there that it, sometimes it takes a big occasion like this to get his players up for the game and, you know, un- unfortunately for, for Stephen and Rangers like, that doesn't work in Scotland um, because they've now, since the break with some poor performances and poor results, of you know they've fallen well behind Celtic. Um, so is it going to be too late with a you know the, the bragger performance and, and a big game to get them up for it? Is it going to be too late to actually get themselves back into the title race for that, or, or is that then going to kick them on? Um, it'll be very interesting to see tomorrow night. And you know they're playing a bragger team in very very good form. They're ten wins in a draw in the last thirteen games. They've beat Benfica, Sporting, Porto twice in that, so they're in good form. I'll ask you the same question that we're asking the Rangers fans tonight 01419511025 Does falling behind in the title race change anything for Rangers in terms of, of how much of a priority Europe is? You see this all the time, don't you? You hear people saying oh, it's, a, it's a distraction, you know, focus on the league I mean, surely you can do both but, yeah. but, but does it change anything given that you know the title race has got that bit more intense? No, I don't think it changes anything in terms of, you know, oh, does they wrote a league become more of a priority because of they've slipped behind the title race. Is yeah, that vice versa, no, exactly. I, I don't think it's realistic to to think that the Europa League is winnable. And I'm not saying you could ever rule it out, but I don't think it's realistic to, to say that either Celtic or Rangers are going to win the Europa League. What would if you're going to put that question, I would say the Scottish Cup becomes more important for Rangers goals. I think that is a that at the moment is a most realistic chance of silverware. 
But that's what I'm saying Craig You can look at it both ways And I'm hoping the Rangers fans will do that Either you could say We now focus more on the Europa League Because a really good European run Might make up for if we don't go on and win the title Or on the flip side We could be doing with focusing on closing the gap To Celtic rather than the Europa League Yeah, again given the, the fact that Rangers and Celtic are so big And Celtic have been so dominant I think the I think the league's still the priority If Rangers can have, you know, extend um, What's been a very good record in Europe I think the fans will be happy with that But ultimately if they fall way behind Celtic in the league And don't win the league or compete And if they don't pick up the, the Scottish Cup at the end of the season Then I don't think the Europa League will make a, a huge difference to how the fans feel the, the Rangers fans want to see silverware this season, Gordon They want to see silverware, it is long overdue Charlie is a Rangers fan on the line, he's first up tonight What are you thinking ahead of tomorrow, Charlie? Well, I'll, I'll be quite wary about the morning night um, Especially the way we've been playing um, Been playing, what you say, rubbish you know what I mean? Because Chris uh, come back for that break with FAB beat Celtic. The thing is, Stephen Gerrard said we need to get a stand up to the plate with these big teams and all that. Um, he went off his head when he scored when he beat Celtic. At the end of the day, it was three points. We need to try and think, well, we'll beat Celtic three points, end of story. It's his carry on playing on his wee team, well, so called wee teams, easier teams supposed to be able to beat. Which I've nearly not seen them struggling against. Uh, we need to start beating them. Uh, it's no use uh, coming out the closet tomorrow night and then going back into the closet again after this game tomorrow night. Yeah, I mean that that is true, obviously. But let, let's focus on on just this game for now. You don't seem too confident, and you're basing that on previous performances. In the last few weeks, which is completely understandable. Can you not find any confidence or optimism though from the way? Your team's performed in Europe this season? Well, they played well in Europe. I've been to the games and they've played well and they've done well to get to where they've been, they? where they're now. But the thing is, eh, their, their form is just absolutely dipped. Um, it's just like a, a different team you're watching. You know, um, and, and uh, we're talking about Morelis. Morelis hasn't kicked a ball. Hasn't kicked a ball since one time. He gets he's what suspend it, and they can't. He he's seven million pound. You know what I mean? It's you know anything like a seven million pound player. We've not seen anything quite like this because it's clearly Rangers' most high profile dip of the season. But just maybe on a a smaller sample, if you like, Rangers went to Tynecastle in October. And they, they chucked a couple of points away They drew There was clearly a lot of negativity And then four days later They went to Porto mm-hmm. and, and got a draw Even in Stephen Gerrard's short time they, they have shown that they tend to raise their game for Europe Can they still do that Despite the fact that the recent Domestic yeah. performances haven't been great Yeah, can they, can they take a, a victory over to Portugal Next next Wednesday night? Yeah, absolutely I think Rangers can look We all know I'm sure if you had to say to Stephen Gerrard And his players will give you a 1-0 for tomorrow night oh, they, yeah. t- they take it All day long A 2-1 They would take it Listen we all know You don't want to draw the game But nil nil's not the end of the world Rangers have scored Many many times Away from home And you, and you would find something To score in Portugal Next week too But if Rangers can take A 1-0 victory Over to Portugal next week I think that would be A fantastic result Yeah Char- Charlie's right You know Rangers have not Been playing particularly well You know We've, we've been talking about it Week in week out On the show um, And one thing It's very hard to do In football Is, is you know Turn performances on and off Collectively as a team It's very very difficult to do They're not in good form at the minute But having said that It doesn't mean That they, they won't be able to get that extra 5-10% out the 
out the squad on Thursday and get a really good result tomorrow night. Charlie, you have been quite critical there of Alfredo Morelos. He will play. I don't think there's any doubt about that. The other person you mentioned was Ryan Kent, taken off after 56 minutes against Livingston at the weekend. Would you expect him to play tomorrow? I was. I wasn't playing. Who would you play instead? Well, is there any, just anybody that's available? Anybody? Because I was just, I will. I teach him a lesson because at the end of the day, he's, he's no, he's no uh, putting on at all. As I say, I watch him. I'm right inside of the park, and I watch him. He comes up to the goal, uh, the goal area. He's, he's, he's very seldom taking a man on. He passes the ball across. Passes it. Uh, he, he, what he was doing before the bottom last season was he was through the, uh, the defence, the right through butter. And now he just stops these tracks, kind of like rabbit in the headlight and say, oh, wait a minute, I can't go any further. You know what I mean? Yeah, but you can only really take him out if you've got someone that you think is going to come in and do a better job. You must have somebody on your mind. Well, hopefully, as I say, he's got Stephen Gerrard. He's the man that's going to pick the team. But if it were me, I would drop him. Okay, we're playing with 10 By the sounds of it Let's hear again from Stephen Gerrard Thank you to Charlie uh, For kicking us off tonight He says the players will need to be In their best behaviour When they experience VAR For the first time He says they've already been Briefed on the way The system's going to work And the players are clear On what to expect Yeah we had a meeting here A few weeks back Where um, a couple of the Scottish referees came in um, And explained uh, The rules of VAR what the, what the referees in UEFA Are looking for And what they're prepared To clamp down on um, we obviously have, have echoed that meeting to the players and uh, made it nice and clear. Um, so the players are, are well aware of uh, what to do and how to act in certain situations. Um, but it will be slightly different than what we're used to. So, you know, everyone has to um, be ready for that experience, staff included. I think the most important thing that came out of it was to, to keep playing. Um, you know, there's certain situations where a flag can go up or a flag can stay down. And, um, in normal situations that might lead you to stop or, or wait um, so it's important that we, we make sure we play right till the very end um, it's important that we don't use any kind of gesture uh, of VAR uh, or try and crowd around the referee or go towards the monitor they've made that very clear that they, they will act in that situation and, and dish yellow cards out so the players are well aware and we've made it nice and clear um, but one thing's for sure we're going to have to be careful and make sure that we behave and we're very disciplined during the game over both legs Andrew is a Rangers fan from London. How are you feeling about the return of the Europa League, Andrew? Um, I'm really looking forward to it, actually. I'm first-time caller, so it's good to get on. And Great to have you. Yes. Um, it's just what it is. I just feel like, obviously, our performances and our form in the past in a few months, or weeks, months, couple of months, have been quite bad. But I just feel like that's to do with like teams sitting back and we're struggling to break them down. And I just wanted to know what the panel think that maybe like a form in Europe has been better because teams want to come out and actually play football against us and we're not struggling to try and break them down. Um, it was just to see what your thoughts were on that. Andrew, I, th- I think uh, Rangers have been struggling against the teams, you know, since the break that they were breaking down in the first half of the season. Um, you know, Stephen Gerrard's not moaned about the opposition and how they've been playing and, and so-called parking the bus. Um, you know, he's been saying that his team are missing a spark. He's questioned a bottle. Know, and and this is this is the words of the Rangers manager. Um, so he's certainly not questioning opposition tactics, uh, in my opinion. Yeah, but having said that, Mark, that, that there is well, as Craig Craig kind of half answers it. The Rangers have been struggling to break these teams down, and and teams are sitting. And not to say there's anything wrong with it, mm-hmm. is that part of what suited Rangers in Europe since Stephen Gerrard came? Because if you remember, think back to all the previous European games, they tend to go with 
well, certainly away from home, you know, with two wingers, mm-hmm. hit teams quickly on the counter attack. Yeah. So th- there has been something about Europe that suited Rangers. Yeah, I mean, I think back the last time they played in Portugal, it was absolutely perfect for me. I think Barisic's is great delivery, a lovely touch by by Morelos inside the box, and then a, a great finish um, as well. So, uh, I it probably does um, suit them, and that's maybe where um, somebody like Kent tomorrow night can actually just. Revitalise himself and, and go and try and kick on Because we all know He's a talented player But for whatever reason it, it, It's not been happening for him and, and I think that's over A sustained period of time He's just been He's been too inconsistent But tomorrow night There's a chance For a lot of Rangers players To come alive And to kick start their season They need something And tomorrow night Might just be the platform They're looking for I'm thinking as well Thinking back to the games That I've watched Andrew as well And I, I think Alfredo Morelos Since the break Has missed Big opportunities And, and matches that you know, Rangers would have potentially gone on to win. I'm uh, thinking back to um, a couple of the games, and you know, you would really fancy him to score uh, some of the opportunities that he's had. Now, I, I, I'm certainly not pinning the blame on him, and he's he's carried Rangers at times on his own when he's been struggling. But I'm just thinking that if he had maybe stuck one or two of the chances in, the you know, the, the conversations that we'd be having now would be different. Andrew, does the fact that the title race has swung a bit towards Celtic in recent weeks does that? Change how you feel about the Europa League at all in, in terms of how much of a priority it is. Um, I think it's. I think personally, I mean, I, I think the league's gone a wee bit just now. Um, Scottish Cup's the best chance we've got, but I mean, we have performed well in Europe, and I do genuinely feel that when teams come out and play against us, we'll hopefully find gaps um, in, in the back line. And as, as um, I think as Roger said, there, you, you can actually get behind that Ryan Kentley's pace and things like that. Um, so I'm quite optimistic about tomorrow night. I know it's a bit doom and gloom at the moment, the Rangers fans, but I'm, I'm optimistic that we'll get a result tomorrow night. So fingers crossed. Good man, Andrew. It was nice to speak to you for the first time. Make sure you give us a call back sometime. That was Andrew in London. We're going to get some travel with Stephen. Then we're going to go to Copenhagen. We'll hear from Alison Conroy, who's been over there for the last couple of days. We'll hear from Neil Lennon. There is big injury news for you Celtic fans so come on here and pick your team because the game will have kicked off by the time we start tomorrow so this is your last chance to pick your starting 11 for that game in Copenhagen Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors getting you full compensation is their goal talk to Thompson's.com Craig Beattie and Mark Guidi here on a big week of Europa League action for Celtic and Rangers we kicked off by hearing from Stephen Gerrard and giving a preview to Rangers against Braga Celtic fans this is the perfect time for you to get in touch because we're about to get the latest team news from Alison Conroy in Copenhagen and once you hear it you need to pick your team because by the time we come on tomorrow the game will have kicked off so this is your last chance take the injury news into account and let us know how you would go about the game tomorrow 0141 let's speak to Alison in Copenhagen Alison you've just been listening to Neil Lennon's press conference what was the the headline news? There is no Greg Taylor tomorrow night, no Hatem Abdelhamid, and also no Lee Griffiths for this one. He picked up a knock in training during the week, so he hasn't travelled with the squad either. Neil Lennon says that both him and Greg Taylor should be fine for the weekend, but in terms of this game against Copenhagen tomorrow night, then they'll have to do without him. So it won't be the, the two up front of um, Lee Griffiths and Odson Edward for this one, but Neil Lennon's still feeling pretty confident ahead of this. Difficult game tactically. They're, they're smart. Um, you know, played here before. We lost. You know, they're very athletic, defensively well organised, good structure. Um, so we're expecting, uh, you know, a tough night. We'll have to think about through the game. Well, we're in good form, yeah. So 
um, you know, confidence is good. You know, not taking anything for granted. Um, but we're looking forward to the game. Stadium, just been out looking at it. It's magnificent, you know, and the pitch has been relayed and the pitch looks good. So I think when the players get here, they'll, they'll start getting very excited about the game. I see you've been out and about doing the tourism side of things, Alison Cornwall. Is that you just getting the lay of the land for, for the Celtic fans who are travelling over so you can point them in the right direction? Little look about. I can confirm that the little we are made is very, very little. Um, we went down there this morning. A lot of Celtic fans were down there as well, taking a wee look at that. Um, lovely city, plenty to see and do. Metro system is fantastic as well. So if you're coming over, um, it's not the cheapest, but we all know that. There we go. That, that, that was the that was the wish you were here section. It was very short, I must say. Um, what else was on as Lennon's mind well. ahead of ahead of tomorrow's game? Well, of course, as Stephen Gerrard spoke about as well, VAR makes an appearance for this one but he Neil Lennon says he's not focusing too much on it not getting bogged down in, in thoughts of it either he says it's just one of these things and they'll just get on with it needing a little bit of patience um, and hopefully not tinged with frustration so it'll be an interesting concept because obviously we've not used it before the decision is still solely with the referee and not a committee elsewhere confidence is good but we obviously not taking anything for granted in terms of Copenhagen they're a strong team and they are difficult to beat and they've committed the group very strongly uh, with some quality teams like Dynamo Kiev and Lugano left behind so can't underestimate Copenhagen um, our away form in Europe this year has been very good but that was the first half of the season you know hopefully we can take that into the second half of the season as well uh, So Alison safe to say the three names you mentioned is that it? No, no other injury concerns or anything for Celtic? No, no, nothing else. Um, so yeah, the the three of them, obviously Griffiths will be the surprising one. We knew there was a doubt about Greg Taylor already and Elhamid as well is just returning from injury. Now, Copenhagen have got their own issues as well ahead of this game. They've just sold their top scorer in the last day or so. So he's off to Astana for £4 million. So they're without their top scorer. Um, they also don't have training facilities at the moment. They're just back from their winter break. They've only played one game. So Stola Solbakken Stol- Stol- says they're basically training on a muddy fourth division pitch. But it, it is what it is. And he says despite that and despite the fact that he couldn't afford to buy any of Celtic's players, it's probably a 50-50 game tomorrow night. Mr Lennon has, uh, has more... Um... Yeah, that's more security in that way because uh, they are also mid through with uh, competitive games. But in one game here, everything can happen that we have that we have shown so many times. Uh, and if one thing can happen here, and a good thing happens for us tomorrow, and we carry a good result and a good performance into the second game, obviously everything can happen. Uh, there are not that big difference between the team, and and I will be disappointed if. If we don't go out here and have our moments tomorrow, uh, which make sure that we we create something that we are good on the ball, that we dominate for periods, uh, then I will be disappointed. Uh, but that uh, Celtic has been great in Europe as well. Thank you, Alison Conroy, giving us the latest from Copenhagen. Mark, I must admit, I was kind of hoping that we could have a, a bit of a debate and a discussion around three five two. It's worked so well for Celtic yeah. domestically. Do they take it into Europe? Has has that discussion now just been ripped up? Celtic's hand been forced. It would be extremely surprising, would it not, to see a second striker who's not Lee Griffiths mm-hmm. come in and partner Odson Edward? Yeah, I, I would agree with you on, on that, Gordon. I think that'll be that one put to bed. And you know what? Maybe 
Neil Lennon anyway You know Taking into account What he thinks of Copenhagen The reports that he's received The home work From his staff and himself He might have been tempted Not to go with two up top Tomorrow night uh, The parking stadium In Copenhagen Will be a diff- difficult uh, Venue And you know If Celtic Can get out of there With a nil-nil Or a one each I'm sure that Neil Lennon Would be Delighted with that But I think certainly For the second leg If, if Lee Griffiths is fit uh, and available I can certainly see him Taking the initiative To Copenhagen And going with the, the, the two up top Next Thursday night At Celtic Park Any chance Craig He Realises that 3-5-2 Has been working And tries to stay Close to that And maybe even brings in A, a Ryan Christie To play close to Odds and Edward Yeah I'm wondering If you've had a look At my notes over here Because that's what I've got Too down. far away um, from, from my eyesight Trust me Yeah listen I've, I've got that down And I actually think within With the same personnel You could go with the 4-4-2 uh, Sorry the 4-2-3-1 the Or the 3-5-2 um, By bringing Christian. You know if you had to put Higher to right back Simunovic, Julian Hayes into left back And just play Christian On the left hand side Of the You know the, the, the attacking line with, with Forrest and Edward Brown, McGregor and Sham's Been working very well In the middle of the park So But likewise you know, you could play three at the back and you could have Christie just up in and around Edward as a sort of false number nine. A few suggestions from Craig Beattie and Mark Guidi, but what would you do, Celtic fans? How big a blow is it all of a sudden? Lee Griffiths, really, really not a main player for Celtic in the group stages. He's now become a main player again. How big a blow is it that he's missing? And how would you get around the fact that you can't call on him tomorrow night? 01419511025. Loads coming in. Uh, on Twitter I mean Stephen Kennedy Says he knew That Elhamed and Taylor Were doubts He's surprised Griffiths is out But still good enough For a win Or a draw um, Lots of people Happy enough To just go with um, Odson Edward Lord Cristobal Says that probably Means back to one up front Disappointing As it would have liked The momentum To continue um, on, on one hand He's absolutely right Mark Because Celtic Have looked good Playing 3-5-2 But actually It was the change Away from 3-5-2 During the game At Pataudry which won, the, which won them the game Yeah But, but that's If you take that as a positive Gordon The fact that you can flip it around You know yeah. Ayer goes to right back I mean I think Derek McInnes Even highlighted it as well I mean what a run You know to make that 60-70 yards And another thing too That I think um, I, I want to highlight Just the composure Of James Forrest At the second goal as well Taking his time Lifting his head Waiting for the right pass to ball Even the composure At the first goal You know for a guy who for far too often has been a whipping boy of the Celtic supporters he is not appreciated enough and once again he shows his quality and it's that kind of quality Gordon that he's showed for almost four years now and I think he absolutely deserves a break he had a game against Rangers where he hardly kicked the ball but so did eight or nine of his teammates yeah. but all zoomed in in James Forrest Right Robbie is a Celtic fan from Falkirk how big a blow is it to be without Lee Griffith Robbie and what would you do to get around it? Um, I've got two uh, possible scenarios I want to put to Craig Beatty And Mark And by the way Good evening guys I forgot I always usually say that first Oh you're fine You can just go straight um, uh, Right The 3-5-2 Here's what I would go with I would go with How we, we, we played Rolazio away And that was playing El Yanusi Right alongside Edward He wasn't behind him He was actually playing As an out and out forward How Griffiths would normally play So it's a, it's a 3-5-2 I would actually play uh, El Yanusi alongside um, Edward. Now, here's another one. Lazio, when they play it, they usually always play a 3-5-2 in Serie A and in Europe. Uh, and what they actually do is 
rather than play a 3-5-2 all, all the time I've seen a couple of times where they've actually switched career who plays alongside a mobile they play a 3-5-1-1 so what they, what they do is instead of playing a 3-5-2 the, 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 a career then actually plays right in behind how Christie would play in the 4-2-3-1 system now that, that's, that's what I would do I would actually put maybe play a 3-5-1-1 with Ryan Christie right behind uh, Odson Edward I think that would also be a, a, a good uh, option as well So I just want to see what the panel think of that Yeah Robert, listen, that's literally just what I've said um, with, with Christy playing up and alongside Edward uh, I love watching the two of them playing together I like their relationship on the pitch The runs that Edward makes are fantastic And Christy, you know, he's clever enough to pick up the other runs, so to speak um, So certainly that would be an option for me um, And like I said, you could go into the four-two-three-one with that um, If the three-five-two is not working Ellen Yussi for me has not had enough game time recently to go in and start this match um, and you know Christie's found himself a little bit unlucky he's, he's kind of fallen victim to the, the good form of, of Lee Griffiths since uh, the winter break so listen I'm, I'm quite happy with what you suggested first time round with, with Christie playing Yeah I mean Mark clearly Neil Lennon want, wants Ryan Christie in the team but as Craig mm. says he can't shoehorn him in because Olivier and Cham's been doing well but the games that he's not started it's pretty obvious Neil Lennon still wants to rely on him he's had you know 30 minutes 35 minutes 25 minutes off the bench every single time he's usually the first go to so it is a shame that Lee Griffiths can't make it it is a blow but this might actually be a a convenient excuse if you like to then get Ryan Christie back in the team yeah yeah absolutely you know, again you can take it as a positive you know because you've got the chance of bringing in um, a top player you know and, and Ryan Christie knows his, his way about European football he's a real asset to the Celtic team even Robbie's point as well about Elia Nussi I really like the look of Elia Nussi I think it's been a, a real pity for Celtic that he's been injured so often this season but he's got pace he's got talent he, he's direct, you know. He gets your gets the bums off seats in terms of the way he plays um, the game. So, whatever Neil Lennon wants to do tomorrow night in terms of personnel and formation, he has got plenty of options, and that's a great thing to have. Uh, Robbie, what about the chances of Celtic doing something? It, it feels like there's a lot of belief there, and rightly so. You understand that Celtic are in great form. With all due respect to Copenhagen, they're not quite the footballing. Giants that Celtic have faced at this stage in recent seasons, like Valencia and Zenit, they're off the back of a winter break. I'm, I'm wondering if that's all building up to be a bit too good to be true, though. How much of a, a challenge are you expecting it to be? Well, I don't know if uh, he's broke the news, but uh, yesterday they sold their, uh, their top scorer for four million. They I did. can't mind the guy's name. Piros yep, Sotirio. Sold him. I believe. Is that the guy? Right. To Astana. That's good news for Celtic, as is the injuries that they've got. They've got a few injuries. Now, I'm just wondering, and I'm going to get back to Mark and uh, Craig again. I think Celtic, how far they can go in this competition, I think it's realistic that they can get through against Copenhagen. They can get through the next round, and I think that the quarterfinals might be a wee bit... Obviously, I'm just saying this you know, without uh, any draws taking place. You know, Obviously, you get a bit of more concrete... Uh, Picture, you know, with the draw itself that gets through this one, you would then get to see who they get in the next round. But I think they can get to the, roughly, with just with a guess, I think they can get to the quarter finals. How far does Craig think they can get, and how far does Mark think they can get? Quickly, gents, if you can, we've got the travel fast for, approaching. For me, Robbie, it's a difficult one. I think. Can they, they get can, through this one? Yes, they can and they will. Um, and after that, it's the luck of the draw, unfortunately. Yep, yeah, Celtic to go through and cheat the draw brings next. 
Robbie thank you very much That was Robbie in Falkirk This is the perfect time For you to join him On the lines Because we're going to get Some travel with Stephen We've got team news From Rugby Park Coming up And then we could be Speaking to you next Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors They play to win Every time Talk to Thompson's.com Craig Beattie and Mark Guidi are here Building up to two big Europa League games Still plenty more to come though We're here until 8 o'clock And I really want to hear from you St Mirren and Motherwell fans There is no way you can let a cup tie like last night pass Without talking about it It was one of the best Scottish cup ties In living memories And I'll be reminding Hugh Keevans about this When he says he wants to do away with cup replays And deny you that type of entertainment So get in touch Good or bad St Mirren or Motherwell Motherwell fans You might not be able to face it yet But get in touch And let us know what you made of last night We'll do that after Beat the Pundit Let's continue With tomorrow night's games For a brief while Alec is a Celtic fan On the line How confident a Celtic fan though Alec? Hi lads How are we doing? Hi, uh, I'm confident But you know Go to be cautious as well Because These are the kind of games That can come and Come and bite you You know what I mean uh, The last call I was saying that, You know we can get through the next round. We'll get two games to play, you know. So if we can get here the more night and get a one each, a, a win, or even just a nothing each, you know, brilliant. I'll take that back to Celtic Park. But we've seen what, what coping Haken have done in the past, so I wouldn't be dismissive of them. And I know that Neil Lennon won't be that, but I'm quietly confident that we can do a number on them. How big a blow is it to not have Lee Griffiths, Alec, and what? What would you? What would your team look like without him? Well, I think that what we can now say about Neil Lennon, the way that he's made uh, made changes, and uh, that's what, I think that's what's goes what is to where we are at the top of the league. You know, uh, we we could play, we could do it. I mean, I would like to see Frimpong coming in more. I think Ryan Christie, he was the obvious one. He was always going to be the obvious one to come in. So I think that way the way that. The, Neil's got the team and the way that the players are playing. I think that they could go to a, a three three five two uh, very quickly, or they could go to a four four two. You know, the, the players that we've got on the bench, like Elanusi, Rogic, you know, we've got El Hamid to come back. You know, so we've got a wee bit of a strength in, in, in numbers now, but it's not just it's not just players; it's like quality players. So, you know. I'm quite confident that, that Neil, whatever permutation he chooses, you know, it'll be the right one. Yeah, I mean, Jeremy Frimpong's a name that's not been mentioned, Mark. And in many ways, it would be good to see him in the Europa League because his emergence was so quick, if you remember, he wasn't even in the, that's the, right, squad, the squad for yeah. the first part. So he's, he's not played any Europa League football yet. Will this one come too soon for him, given that he's not... I mean, he's he's fit now, but given that he's not played recently? Uh, I think if Neil Lennon... Thinks he can fit into whatever system he wants. I don't think fitness or, or, or anything like that would be an issue for him. You know, he, he strikes me as being a, a fit kid. He can get up and down that that line all day. Whether he's playing as a, an orthodox right back or you know even slung in there as a as a wing back. Um, good partnership with with James Forrest as well when when need be. So no, um, wouldn't be a problem for me to to put Frimpong right in. Because Craig, I think, if it is, I think what kills Frimpong coming in for me tomorrow night is the the fact that Taylor's going to be out. Um, if you remember back to the Ross County game, um, where Johnny Hayes played left back, and you know we had fans on the the phone and after a three 0 victory, and he was heavily criticised that night. And to be fair, I defended Hayes, but Neil Lennon changed it to the three at the back generally since that game. So 
you know, to go back to the four at the back, you're probably looking at taking Sumunovic out and putting Hayes at left back and Frimpong at right back, which I think you might be reluctant to do. Too stage. disruptive. Yeah, yeah, I think so. You're, you're putting Hayes back into the left back area from which he's changed them out post Ross County. So for me, I think he'll go with three at the back. Yeah, I can see that thinking. Um, Alec, I take it a bit further forwards. There's no no qualms about perhaps bringing a, a Ryan Christie or the likes in. Oh, no. You see, I mean, Neil wants to get him in the team. You know what I mean? You can see that because before he got his injury and suspension, you know, the guy was flying. And when he comes on, he lifts the team because he's energy, because he's everywhere. And, you know, you see the impact as soon as he comes on. So Ryan coming in, the more night, no problem. Oh, it's a loss for Lee because the guy's doing well. So hopefully he'll be back ready to go again on Sunday. But bringing in Ryan Amora, no problems whatsoever. We've heard from both managers. We, we we dealt with it in a bit more depth last night, but I'm just curious as to what you think, what your what your expectations, your hopes, your fears are for when VAR gets introduced to the wonderful world of Scottish football tomorrow night. Uh, I, I have to be. I'm, I'm not a fan of VAR, Gordon. I, I thought I would be, and it just spoils too many games that I watched in the box uh, for down south. I was very. Uh, Bobby Madden for a cup of tea yesterday and Bobby was um, explaining that he's about to Europe, he's done Shakhtar Donetsk I think it is um, and obviously he's, he's been in to see one of the refs that's been in to see um, Celtic and Rangers to give them the rundown Willie Collum as well, what's on it and the various um, assistants uh, I just think for me it's too pernickety I like the essence of it but the, but the biggest thing that annoys me about it is the actual match referees on the pitch Still refuse to go over yeah. And look at the monitors They've got to go and be the main man and mate. If something's flagged up to them Great But go and look Don't, don't allow the guy in the truck to make a decision You yeah. go over and take responsibility and make a decision To be fair though Craig That's where it, it will be interesting Whether you like what you've seen or not And when people say that What they mostly mean is what they've seen in the English Premier League yep. Now I think the, the implementation of it in the Europa League Will be slightly, slightly different, different yeah. So it'll be good to see yeah, it, it will be. Um, and listen to Stephen Gerrard. For me, I think the oldest cliche in, in the football and book is play to the yeah, whistle. So, yeah. th- and that's what Stephen Gerrard was talking about there. The rest of the don't be making gestures, behave yourself in both boxes, keep your hands down. For me, that's all standard and the referee should be able to referee that within a match. I don't think we need VAR for that. Um, you know, the, the play to the whistle one until there's an opportunity to go back and look at it, I think should be absolutely standard. Um, my personal opinion on VAR is... For situations that are black and white I like it um, I know we're, we're disputing Whether somebody's toe Was offside etc But for me The offside rule Is black and white If you're offside You're offside If it's by a toe Or a foot Or an inch For me it doesn't matter um, What frustrates me about it Is that The referee Can Potentially make a poor decision But it can't be overturned Because it's not Clear and obvious And I think we can uh, Get bogged down In some of the the wording of the, the the sort of rulings of it, and that's what frustrates me. How long is it going to be before someone completely ignores all the advice, doesn't get a decision, and does the old the, the gesture, the yeah. square, the TV screen with the fingers? You know exactly the one I'm trying to make. It doesn't really work on radio. <laughs> a new toy at Christmas. I'm sure someday will do it over the, over, over the course of the night. Tomorrow. That'll that'll be one of your future. Uh, doing it uh, that, That'll be one of your future teasers. Who is the first Celtic or Rangers player <laughs> to try and signal for VAR? Uh, well, we'll watch that one. With interest Thank you very much To Alec and Parkhead The only other thing And it's it's not A massive talking point Would be the Rangers pitch Mark It clearly yeah. hasn't been great There was a game off On Saturday Rescheduled for Sunday It's still been Very heavy rain Rangers trying to take Some precautionary measures 
um, Braga won't train on it And that's not that uncommon I think it happened last year When Rangers went out to Vienna It's not ideal But it's not that uncommon So they'll have to train at Murray Park Rather than on the pitch And just give it the, the best possible chance Yeah I mean And I'm sure that will suit Braga, Braga as well They want to get the ball down And try and play football And uh, if that gives the pitch The best chance possible We're hoping that there's not any rain during the night or tomorrow um, during the day but yeah the, the, the pitches I can see and you would think in this day and age and particularly in Stephen Gerrard is highlighted that, that, that the surface should be in better condition Right it's that time of the night I think the phone lines are heating up already Beat the Pundit with the Scottish Sun For the best football news and opinion online thescottishsun.co.uk slash football Beat the Pundit is one of the highlights of every night It's your chance to come on Get the better of Mark Guidi or Craig Beatty And win yourself a signed ball But it is extra special this week Because just for getting through You will be the winner of a pair of tickets To an evening with Larson, Sutton and Hartson At the SSE Hydro on the 4th of May Believe it or not These three have never been on stage together So if you're a Celtic fan What a night out that'll be And if you're not You will be the most popular Dad, husband, brother, uncle, pal, whatever When you pass them on to someone who could really enjoy the evening So 01419511025 Give us a call Just for getting through you win the tickets And then you get to play Beat the Pundit Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors Compensation you deserve When there's been foul play Talk to Thompson's.com Big night of previewing the two Europa League matches Tomorrow Copenhagen against Celtic And Rangers against Braga But my word we have some domestic football To be proud of What a Scottish Cup tie we had at Fir Park last night So this is the time for you Motherwell and St Mirren fans To get in touch let us know what you made of it. Take us through that roller coaster of emotions. We've also got the tie tonight to find out who St Mirren will play. Kilmarnock against Aberdeen meeting at Rugby Park. So that's all coming up after this. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the slash football. Beat the pundit time We're still giving away sign balls Like there's no tomorrow So hopefully Mark Weedy And Craig Beatty Have been swatting up Over the last 24 hours or so Because one of them Is taking on Dean From Mary Hill How are you tonight Dean? Hi Grand Gordon How are you? Even better I would imagine Dean By the news That you've won those tickets So even if it goes all wrong from here Even if you have a stinker On Beat the Pundit You're still going to see Larson, Sutton and Hartson At the Hydro On the 4th of May Are you happy with that? I hope I'm happy with that Good man, not a bad trio, eh? <laughs> no bad, no They were all right. They were not too bad. Uh, Dean's signal doesn't sound like it's particularly good. I'll just see if producer Andy can get that tidied up. I'll play him the night then. <laughs> <laughs> and in the meantime, I will toss the coin and see who Dean is up against. So if it's heads, he'll be taking on Mark Guidi for the sign ball, and if it's tails, it will be Craig Beatty. It would help if it didn't drop the coin first. And it's heads Mark Weedy Against Dean From Mary Hill So Hopefully Producer Andy Has spoken to Dean again And we can get him In Full clarity Let's see What we've got Dean have you got us now Can you hear us Dean Yeah Is that better Yeah much better Right so you're up against Mark Weedy I'm going to give him Some Clyde 2 To listen to So he doesn't steal your answers No worries No he's He's not getting Clyde 2 In his ear He's, he's very honest Do you like that Do you like that honesty From Mark Weedy because he could have just said He could have just said Yeah yeah I can't hear you There we go We've got it now Good stuff We're ready to go 30 seconds Head to head Dean You can pass Here is your chance To beat the pundit You ready? Ready Dean? Let's do it How many penalties Were scored At Fir Park last night? Uh, three 
Louis Longridge and Connor Salmon currently play for which Scottish team? Falkirk. Which country are Copenhagen from? Denmark. What is the name of Wraith Rovers' home ground? Stars Park. Where did Rangers get Pedro Mendes from? Uh, Porto. Alan Hutton played football in Scotland, England and where else? Spain. George Graham was the last Scottish manager of which current English Premier League team? Tottenham. Okay. Mark Greedy, have you got me now? Yes, Great. I'm back. Same set of questions to you. You ready? Yep. Let's do it. How many penalties were scored at Fir Park last night? Five. Louis Longridge and Connor Salmon currently play for which Scottish team? Falkirk. What country are Copenhagen from? Denmark. What is the name of Wraith Rovers' home ground? Starks Park. Where did Rangers get Pedro Mendes from? Spurs. Alan Hutton has played in Scotland, England and where else? Spain. George Graham was the last Scottish manager of which current English Premier League team? Spurs. And what was the final score between Aberdeen and Kelly in the Scottish Cup last week? No, no. Okay. Dean, what do you think of the competition? Uh, I think I'm beta. Do you know what, Dean? I wonder. I think you did pretty well. I listened to your answers. I liked them. I thought you got a lot right. But Mark Weedy just sounded even more confident. He got through one extra question as well. Let's find out how many penalties scored at Fir Park last night. It was 3 2 to St Mirren. So that's five. Mark got it. You didn't, Dean. He goes into a 1 0 lead. You found your rhythm soon after though Falkirk is where Longridge and Salmon play at the moment You both got Denmark Copenhagen You both knew Starks Park as well Wraith Rovers home ground So it's 4-3 After four questions A pretty good battle Where did Rangers get Pedro Mendes from? It was Portsmouth mm-hmm, Okay. Um, Alan Hutton played club football in Scotland, England and Spain Mallorca in 2013 You both got that You both knew that George Graham Was the last Scottish manager of Spurs And unfortunately for you Dean Mark got one more question He got it right Which means he beats you by two You still got five right Dean Which usually is enough to be right in the mix But Mark got a seven tonight Hard lines Dean I don't know bad Mark was just on form He well was done, on form And well you're done. a winner anyway Good Because effort, you're Mark. off to the Hydro on the 4th of May to see Larson, Sutton and Hartson. So I'm sure you'll enjoy that, Dean. Make sure you do. Get back in touch Most and let us know. partners, Gordon. <laughs> I think they've got they've loads of stories about you, apparently. 439 goals were scored between us. Between, yep, exactly. <laughs> I've got two of them. I, I think they'll thank you for it on the night. <laughs> um, if you want to take your chances, we're still playing Beat the Pundit tomorrow and Friday for the tickets. And if not, still some available on the SSE Hydro website. Now, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, and this is not easy. Last night's game uh-huh. That's got to be the best Scottish Cup tie since When? I don't know But it's got to be the best in recent yeah. seasons When I saw the, the, the scoreline coming through And then penalty kicks I was thinking Wow, what are you, you're right That's what Cup football's all about I have to say I'm, I'm not in favour of replays um, either But when you see a situation uh, like that Then yeah, how, how can you how can you argue with um, having replays? But you're right, Colin What a great question I'm trying to think the last Like, you know Outstanding Scottish Cup tie When you were like You know really I mean Eight, 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 eight goals speaks for itself But for one of them To be 4-1 up For the yeah. for the, I think underdog's A bit strong But I think most people Would accept Muddle yeah. had the edge League table at home So for the, the so-called Underdog to be 4-1 up at half time The other team responds By taking all their Centre backs off And playing with a back three Consisting of no centre backs Pulls it back to four each It goes all the way To penalties And then we get a winner It was just 
Unbelievable drama And a great advert for the game Yeah and a headache for um, The Motherwell manager Steve Robinson Moving forward to the weekend Because his team's conceded what, No goals in the second half With no centre half So um, <laughs> I don't know what Big Dex was doing last night But He wasn't uh, involved Maybe that, that, was, part of the, maybe that um, was part of the reason Yeah listen it's, What a game It's absolutely amazing um, And I had a couple of St Myrna fans That I'm friendly with On to me this morning And I'm saying Listen come on You've scored four goals Away from home You've got through it the next round of the cup. Surely there's some positives, but he, he only wanted to talk about the, the second half capitulation, <laughs> unfortunately. Right, we've got Paul in Bishop Briggs, who's a St Mirren fan, and Hugh in Lanark, who's a Motherwell fan. So let's put them both in the line at the same time and get a, a contrast in emotions. Paul, as the winning team, take us. <laughs> t- you, you go first. Try and sum up the roller coaster for yourself. Oh, my goodness. Uh, how can you sum up the roller coaster? Um, Left the house last night, jumped in the car, drove up with a wee man, chatting about the game. He's saying, what do you think, that? I think, look, I think we can maybe nick this. I think it's going to be tight. Wee bit cagey. Maybe we'll just sneak it one nothing. Um, we get there, and oh my God, I don't, I don't think I've ever witnessed a half by a St Mon team um, in my life like that. You know I mean, we were just goal after goal. And I don't think I've ever stood with a St Mon on crowd on our feet singing... We want five. We want five. I mean, you just can't sum that up. We, we, we go off at half-time. We're in the kiosk. We're all queuing up for our pie and our bovro. We're stunned silence. It's like being at a wake. Nobody really knows what to do. We're all chatting away each other. We're saying, surely no. Surely we're through. And people are going, I but remember Hammerby. And if any Simone fans are out there, Hammerby's a bit of a swear word. We threw someone away in a European time many years ago. And, um... I turned around to the wee man and he says, what do you think? That? I say, look, get the hour mark. If we get the hour mark, we've no conceded, we've done this. We're all right. And of course, I think Mother will score about the 59th minute. And the wee man turned around to me and said, it's funny, shut up, Dad, no game of <laughs> So, um, you know what I mean? It was just, it was getting bonkers. When the fourth Motherwell go, and I'll keep Motherwell are through, and they're crowd or two, they? they got behind their team, they did brilliant. They, they just went wave after wave of attack. It was getting bonkers at point. When the fourth goal goes over back half's head, you think, oh my goodness, can I just go away? Can I just, can, can I just get taken away? Can we dig up? We dug in, we managed to get in the extra time. The boys dug really, really deep at that point. People were collapsing on about their feet. We didn't really know what to do. And you know something, we get the extra time. It's a bit cagey. Um, there's a few chances there and, and about, we get the penalties. And, and I'll, I'll be honest, I think we were all a bit nervous. And once again, my son turns on him and he goes, but we've got that cloth, Dad. We've got the check wall. And do you know something? Big man done it again. Hey. We're still looking for Tony Andrews' ball, by the way, so see if it lands in the studio. Gonna gaze it back. Well, to, to be honest, it'll be right next to Tony Watts because they hit identical penalties a couple of minutes apart. Now, Hugh, a Motherwell fan from Lanark, the challenge for you, Hugh, is to get through this because I don't think you'll be feeling quite as, as upbeat as Paul and Bishop Briggs, but take us through your roller coaster. Uh, good evening guys Good evening Paul Hope you're well mate. Hope you enjoy Thank it you. Um, you. First, first of all Paul uh, And the guys in the studio I didn't queue up for my pie Because I was in hospitality Oh very nice <laughs> It was sitting on my table When I got back to my chair At half time <laughs> Yeah go and watch football The right way Go and watch football The right way Pay for yourself <laughs> I didn't go and watch it The right way I went with my son And my, my, my good friend Graham uh, But anyway uh, First of all I'm, I'm going to congratulate St Mern The first half A beaker Destroyed the centre halves. I wouldn't even call them centre halves last night. Uh, I'm so chuffed that Robinson actually turned them off. I want to congratulate the St. Man fans, just what Paul done with the Mother fans. The St. Man fans were exceptional last night. 
especially when you're phone one up, you're continually singing. And I did say to my friend Graham, I says, that's what you call support. This is what you're needing. Uh, the Mullow fans that left, hang your heads in shame. I know you're 4-1 down, but you're there to support your team. Hang your heads. Uh, in regards to the team, I thought Robinson was brilliant in making changes. And as you said there, Gordon, we can back out in the centre-half with no centre-halves. We can back with Donnelly, Tate uh, and uh, Carroll. So, and as I spoke to you last week, I was wanting to get into the game on Saturday against St Man in a 3-5-2 formation. Yeah, that's in right, you did say that. Thought, in the second half, we'd done that. And what a difference. And Paul was probably like me in the first half, saying every time Muller were attacking, we were creating chances, we were scoring. And I have to take my hat off to Tony Watt. He's only just came back in. And what a shift he put in last night. And I actually thought, if we get 60 minutes out and 70 minutes, that's it's a good shift he'd done. But in the second half, he was dragging him. Mark O'Hara... Paul Worth and Tate, I thought, were exceptional, especially Mark O'Hara. I think he covered every bloody glass in the second half, and he so rightly deserved money of the match for the match sponsors. So I want to congratulate St Mun. Got a lot of good St Mun supporters, especially Stephen McGarry's one of my pals as well. So I sent him a text last night as well over in Australia. Um, so congratulations to St Mun. They did deserve it, especially with the first half. But it was a, after we got back, and the, 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 Paul will obviously say that, in the extra time, it was very cagey. And the penalties, as you say, I think Tony Watts is actually down at Jack Daniels at the minute. It's still bouncing along Glen Cairn Street. Um, but well done, St. Man. He's actually deserved it, especially for your first half performance. You ripped our defence apart. Abika was outstanding last night, I thought. Paul, I know you're an eternal optimist, but did you fear the worst at any stage? Um, I think when it went over at 4-4, you just go, no, no, this, this can't be happening. Um, I think at that point, you kind of went, right, we can't blow this. And I, I think a lot of us probably did think, um, and, and, I'll, and I'll give it, even you, you paint a picture, I think the place was rocking at that point. We were rocking, we were going back away. I don't think we were getting back into it. And luckily enough, we found a wee bit of a foothold um, and we just believed it. And I do I do take it off. Two fantastic groups of fans last night. We give a lot of criticism to Scottish football. We moan about it a wee bit. But you know something? The singing, the two wee kind of ultra mobs last night with the drums, Oh my goodness, the Katie! That I think that we we kind of just got behind the team and we just believed in them, and we just thought, do you know something? Let, let's just do that. And, and to see the the boys coming up, put it this way, and I'm sure you might have seen this bit as well last night. I, I need, I think we, I think it's a month that you start working out what they mean by one of the penalties because they actually had to ask the ref if they'd won at one point because they'd lost the plot. They didn't really know if they had won last night. Um, but I think we we kind of just dug in, and I think the support base that. Motherwell brought to our place for the, the first game was incredible. The noise the guys made was brilliant. I think last night we were a credit to our club. We just we just done something. And you know something? I think in years to come, somebody will turn around at you and go, were you at that game? And I'm proud yeah, exactly. to say I jumped in a motor. I drove. My son got in at midnight, so I apologised to his teachers that he was probably tired this morning. But I think as we pulled out that ground last night, we all just go, this is what football's about. It's about a wee bit of passion. Some guys are going up the road with the Motherwell boys being a wee bit unhappy. We're going up in cloud nine. As a provincial club, we don't get many highs. But do you know something in sport and in football in particular? You live for these moments. You live for these wee dream moments. And to walk out hand in hand with my son and I'm going, do you think we can win it? I'm going, I have no, I have no idea, wee man. But do you know something? Let's just sing, we're off St Martin. We'll get up the road and the Abika song was going nuts, but it is what Scottish football is, I agree. I totally agree with the guys, whether or not replays are right or wrong, but do you know something? If we got a game like that every now and again in a replay, 
let's just do it and, and let's just take our hat off to a momentous night of football, something that's a credit to the game, credit to the fans, credit to the players that were on there and, 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 and it's just magnificent yeah. that our Scottish club is still full of dreams. Absolutely. I mean, I think one of the last things I said on the show last night, Mark, because we'd just been to Fir Park, was that it was priced so sensibly. It was £12 yeah. for adults, I mean, £3 for kids, and hopefully it got the crowd it deserved. Well, anyone who went, my goodness, how's that for value for money? Ah, oh, brilliant. And you know, it's just great. I think Paul and Hewitt Genuinely gone I think that's one of the best calls We've ever yeah. had in the programme You know just to hear Two supporters <laughs> A mutual sharing, respect yeah, yeah and just just great As you see I, I actually hate that word Passionate It gets my nerves All the reality to you. I'm passionate about this thing, But it just reminds me Of the apprentice um, <laughs> But uh, it, so is great to, it is great to hear that um, Just people Fans enjoying it Paul being along With we son And that just that great moment Where you can imagine it We've all been there You've been at a game You're your, your kid You've been a kid yourself he said, do you think we can go on and win it, Dad? And that's just a great moment, a great feeling to have that just never leaves you. So a brilliant credit to, this, to the Scottish Cup, a brilliant competition. Yeah, let's hear from both managers. Jim Goodwin was just relieved, really, at full time. He was even a bit embarrassed by the second half performance, but of course, delighted uh, with the fight they showed to take it to penalties. The first half was so good and possibly could have even been better. You know, we had a couple of other chances, one off the line. Yeah, and we just spoke about it at half-time. We knew that Motherwell had nothing to lose. We knew they were going to throw absolutely everything at us. And yeah, I give them great credit for the way that they've done it. Literally just put four up front. There was one point there where I didn't know what system they were playing. Stephen had a laugh with me as well because I hadn't a clue. I couldn't work it out. There was two at the back, then there was three at the back, then there was four up front, five up front. So, listen, I give all the credit to... Stephen Robinson and his motherboard players for that second half comeback. It was incredible. Um, from our point of view, a little bit naive. Didn't manage the game well enough. Didn't do well enough in possession when we got it back. We just gave it straight back to Motherwell and invited uh, wave after wave of attack. When it goes to four each, you're fearing the worst. Of course you are. So I have to give credit to my players at that stage because there was still plenty of time left on the clock. And it was very. It would have been very easy to, uh, to just think it wasn't going to be our night. Um, so... Relief is probably the main emotion right now. Slightly embarrassed about the second half, I have to say. But the bottom line is uh, we're there. We're in the quarterfinal of the Scottish Cup um, and we're delighted to be there. Stephen Robinson says his players were punished for really poor defending in the first half. Delighted with the battling qualities to get back into the game. But ultimately they're out and says the defending must improve going forward. So disappointed in the first half performance, which you know it was like night and day. If you defend like that, I mean really, really poor defending. Centre forward gets in between our three centre halves. We don't mark from a set play, even though it's up on the board, we walk through it ten times before it. That's a problem when players decide to do what they want. That's that's a type of defending you get. So we had to shake it up at half time. All I can say is, you know, what, what the fans seen was a team that was playing for the badge and was not gonna lie down. Done ever so well. The boys we brought on, Richard Tate, Mark O'Hara, Jermaine Hilton. You know, changed the game for us. Deservedly got back into the game. Penalties is a lottery in. The reality is our penalties weren't good enough. We have a problem at the back. We're conceding too many goals. You know, everybody talked about the fluent football we played and how good we were. But we had the third best defensive record in the league. Um, and that's the big thing for me. That's a big thing we've, we've stopped doing. And we need to get back to that very quickly. Uh, thank you very much <clears throat> to Hugh and Paul. Really? Different ends of the... The, the spectrum in terms of happiness But both enthusiastic about their team And hopefully managed to enjoy the game um, In, I was going to say equal measure That's not possible Paul definitely enjoyed it more But thank you to Hugh as well Alec is also a Motherwell fan last night Do you manage to take any enjoyment Out of a game like that Alec When you end up losing it? 
Well, I suppose on the second half performance, uh, certainly the first half performance, you just wanted to crawl under your feet. I mean, it was absolutely atrocious. But the, the last two callers and yourself, you know, I may as well talk about the weather now because you've spoken about everything I would want to ask. Another point of going, Gordon, is uh, Craig and Mark as well, is what, see the, I know we're sitting third in the league, well, joint third in the league, and I'm certainly not going to swag off Mr. Robinson, but to me, and guys that were sitting in the boot me last night were discussing and talking about it, to me, it makes far too many changes to the team when guys... I, I know guys are out injured, right, okay, that speaks for itself, but with like Bigahara, Alan Campbell, Polworth, Richard Tate, see how the, the last five, six, seven weeks, the guys have been sitting on the bench. They're obviously not injured, but they've been on the bench. And it, 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 it just chops and changes far too much. And as I say, that's no a slant on the, the manager, but it, I don't know how he kind of got a, a settled mm. team and stick to them, because I think it was last year, but they were right in saying they maybe went six or seven games with the exact same yeah, eleven guys right. every week. To be fair though, and Alec partly mentions it, Mark. I think that the main ones were were sort of forced upon. Declan Gallagher has played every game for Motherwell this season, including two for Scotland as well, and was unavailable last night. He was unwell, so you have to do something there. You have to bring uh, Bevis Mugabe in. Stephen Robinson said before the game he's still looking for a front three. Mm-hmm. He, he doesn't because James Scott left, Devante Cole left. Mm-hmm. So you bring in Tony Watt You bring in Rolando Ahrens It goes without saying at the moment That they're going to chop and change So it's not to say that Alec is wrong But there are good reasons for it Yeah I mean I think Alec will see Motherwell A lot more than me But I always thought it was kind of fairly settled You could almost pick Seven or eight of the Motherwell starting lineup Every week The outfield players But you know one thing that Hugh and Alec have said You know Even though they lost the game Last night, you know, credit to guys like <clears throat> Matt O'Hara, you know, and, and again that just illustrates Stephen Robinson and his staff. It's not all down to the manager, the staff as well, the ability to go and identify players and bring them in and make them work um for the club. And Mark O'Hara, I think the loan from Peterborough, um, another example of that. And getting Tony Watt in, um, I think ten clubs in six years, he needs to find stability, he needs to settle down. And maybe Motherwell, I know it's only at the end of the season, but Motherwell might just be that club for him. Yeah, I think a bit of the, the changing that has been enforced on Steve Robinson, to be fair. I think Alex potentially been a little bit harsh. Um, I watched Rolando Ahrens, you know, he was taken off after sort of 55, 60 minutes against Celtic, but that was just purely down to fitness and trying to get him up to speed. But I think we're um, I think we're in danger of getting a, a little bit of carol, carried away with, um, you know, maybe criticising Steve Robinson in terms of how good they've been so far. A little bit of a, a victim of his own success. This is a team who are sat joint third in the league. I think it's probably way beyond what Motherwell fans anticipated at the start of the season. And you know, because Aberdeen have now caught up to go level with them, there's you know they're starting to try and apportion mm. the blame somewhere. So it's a crucial period coming up, though, Alec, because that's you know both cups, no real success there. The league campaign so far has mm. been excellent. But I guess given previous weeks it's important Mother will try and get back to winning ways and, and try and kick on now. Oh, of course. I think the next two games, uh but the Ryan saying it's Hamilton and then we'll get submitting again next Tuesday night. Yeah. Yeah. Just behind us you really watch like well, Hibs and Livingston are slowly creating up as well. Absolutely. And I think well, they really have to get I would say they have to get six points in the two games. Well it will be interesting to watch over the coming weeks We can't promise the same type of entertainment That we got last night But hopefully we get something similar That was Alec in Motherwell Now how often in this show have we debated The Scottish FA's disciplinary process The appeals procedure I have seen one today 
Widely described as The worst appeal decision We've ever had mm. And it doesn't even involve Celtic or Rangers So it doesn't have that yeah. usual That usual publicity Everyone putting their Their, their toppings yeah. worth in It involves Inverness And if you've seen it On social media I think you'll feel Quite strongly about it Inverness have just issued An incredibly strong Statement about it And we'll look at That situation next Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Road Accident Solicitors The compensation you deserve When you've been sidelined Talk to Thompson's.com Craig Beattie and Mark Greedy Here with me Gordon Duncan On tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard Stephen Reid's been in touch on Twitter He says I have to say The last five minutes segment About Motherwell St Mirren Is the best segment I've heard on the show Refreshing to hear teams and fans Compliment the other side None of the usual negativity Towards opponents that we normally hear yeah, yeah. Says Stephen on Twitter Don't get me wrong Don't mind a bit of Mad rivalry as oh, well We'll but, have a Rami but, um, but no it was great I thoroughly enjoyed nice. that section It was over Let's get a Rami re- Refreshing as they say right, I'm going to quickly set up this teaser Because there's a lot for us still To get through Thank you to David Farrell He sent the question in All the way from As in fans? No, no I don't no. Well no All the way from Australia This oh, question okay. has come in He's looking for Eight non-Scots Who have scored UEFA Cup Slash Europa League Knockout stage goals For Celtic or Rangers since the group stages started So I think that was 0405. That's when you had the groups And then the knockouts So since then Eight non-Scots Have scored UEFA Cup Slash Europa League Knockout stage goals For Celtic or Rangers What have you got? Eight non-Scots uh, Nacho no- Novo. Novo Yes Pedro Mendes No In the In the Chris Sutton No So it's since 0405 that's John Hartson the, that's, the, that's the key detail here um, Nope Alan Thompson Nope It's all a bit later than that you're, you're Oh yeah I, 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 Oh no, it was the wrong company I'll try him anyway um, Jan Venegura Hessling No Scott McDonald No See most <laughs> of these are Champions League Yeah Right okay Um Raheem Vimdani Yes Against Osasuna In 2007 That's fine We'll leave it there You've got Novo And Hindani. Six more non-Scots Have scored Knockout stage goals In the UEFA Cup Slash Europa League For Celtic or Rangers Since 0405. That's according to David Farrell Now I don't know how many shows Quite honestly I've lost count Of how many shows We've discussed The Scottish FA's Disciplinary procedure Appeals Successful appeals Unsuccessful appeals We get Really annoyed about them And let's be honest It mostly revolves around Which team you support yeah. And you, you, you sort of back your team Now I don't know if you've seen The incident at the weekend Where Inverness's James Keatings Was shown a second yellow card For diving Against Rangers Colts In the Tunnock's Caramel Wafer Cup He was then sent off He was then due to miss the final Now Everybody And I mean everybody Even in our warped little corner Of the world Where we don't agree on anything Everybody who watched it said Oh that's a bad mistake He'll get that overturned He had his appeal today And he lost it I've yet to come across anyone Who thinks it was the right decision mm-hmm. And Inverness, Mark Guidi have just issued I'm going to contradict myself here Because I kind of hate it When clubs issue statements About refereeing decisions That don't go their way it, I think it, it, can, it can be petty However I'm now sensing a real Groundswell of opinion from the clubs That the Scottish FA's disciplinary procedure Is not fit for purpose Stuart mm-hmm. Robertson said as much today for Rangers He says other clubs are getting involved I think Celtic were, were mentioned as well mm-hmm. And Inverness's statement today It is long I'll try and pick out the key parts um, The bit that jumped out at me Was um, 
We were incredulous and furious in equal measure We reiterate we don't want to call anyone's integrity into question But we must call into question the actual football knowledge Of those sitting in judgement If those individuals involved can watch the footage Footage that the whole of Scottish football has now seen And call this simulation There can be no other conclusion Other than they don't understand football or the rules of the game As harsh as this sounds There can be no other conclusion Fans and officials of all clubs are mystified by the decision Now it goes on to say that Players, club, everyone has basically been getting in touch to support mm-hmm. um, James Keatings. It says the decision is plainly wrong, and the dogs in the street know this. Yep. We have no right to appeal the final decision, and it is painful to accept. Yeah, I have to say, Gordon, and I've always tried to give referees and the 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 the, the system the benefit of the doubt because I think sometimes they're, they're too easy a target. But I have to say, in this situation, for the appeals panel today. To stand that decision up by referee Greg Aitken I can kind of understand Greg, Greg Aitken Maybe getting it wrong at the time in live play But I defy anybody to watch a replay of that today And say that that was the right decision It is absolutely baffling How that can go through And two points You have denied a player in James Keatings The chance to go and play in a cup final Whether it's a Caramel Wafer Cup final It doesn't matter It's a cup final National cup you've final. Denied, Yes, you've denied Inverness One of their best players in the cup final Against Wraith Rovers And I don't know if there's a process In place Gordon But I'd like to think that common sense Can prevail here And they can actually appeal the appeal Because I tell yeah, you what it doesn't see, look like it see, I don't know if you can legally challenge it But if I'm, if I'm Inverness in this situation And I'm James Keatings I would do everything in my power to get that decision overturned Because I cannot defend the decision in the slightest Craig this And maybe I'm just going by the social media reaction It feels like it could be a bit of a tipping point Because mm-hmm. We've been here before When it comes to Celtic or Rangers There's so much And I'm not picking on them It's the biggest rivalry So yeah. there's so many decisions And then you get You know the claim And the counterclaim And the conspiracy theorists And my club's always on the receiving end of it And and, and we sort of go around in circles But here we've got Inverness if you like So bar a small small section of their own supporters Everyone's neutral And everyone seems to be outraged by it And I I just wonder if If this will be The incident that That triggers real change Yeah I think in in central Scotland At times we can Um you know, Rangers and Celtic can get bogged down in their own agendas and put their own slant on things. Um, and, you know, that's obviously the most important thing to them. But with this being another club, as you said, from the north of Scotland, I think it's maybe everybody's now realising that it's not the Rangers' agenda, it's not the Celtic agenda, and there may be something we have to look at. Um, going, going on the actual incident, um, I disagree with Mark slightly in terms of I don't think you can give a yellow card even within the match given the fact that there's clear mm-hmm. contact if you're going to book them for simulation you have to be sure if but you're not sure then th- that is me, fair but but the real shocking part surely is that yeah, some well, is, is, is going to people have that watched yeah. that back so obviously the referee in my opinion has got that wrong um, you don't book them for simulation unless you're sure or you know you've had a calculated gamble that you, you think he has um, you know committed an act of simulation but then the fallout of that is the appeal it, mm. and somebody somewhere has sat down and looked at that and said, "No, that is a dive." Now you can go down in the box, outside the box there can be contact. Because you go down, it doesn't necessarily or automatically mean that it's a dive, and you know there can be contact and it still not be a dive, and you know that something yeah. um, it's going to be like that. Uh, well, John's a Hamilton Aki's fan. I know James Keatings is a former Hamilton player, but. Ultimately John's a neutral as well But he feels strongly enough about it That he called in um, To talk about that incident What do you make of it John? 
an absolute joke, Gordon. Uh, good evening, Gordon Martin. Craig. Hey, John. Hey, John. Um, it's the worst decision I've ever seen in the last 20 years. But for Matt's more or less covered what I was calling about, the independent panel who sat on judgment on this case, how they could come to a majority decision that James Keaton has died in that situation is beyond belief. And I think the SFA need to look at their disciplinary uh, process and revamp it altogether because that is just not acceptable. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing, Mark. The the beauty, I was going to say, it's not always beautiful, but the thing I've learned sort of being here and dealing with these incidents is this, and especially in the social media age, there's always someone with the other opinion. Always, mm. always. Yeah. I've not seen it yet in this one. I've not seen anyone who thinks that was a dive. I'm not, I'm not sure how you could. How, I'm, I'm, I, I'm scrambling around. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to even... You know, I looked into the ruling, looked into the procedure to see. Well, do you know what? Where the what was the panel sort of ha- um, had their hands tied behind their back a little bit? Was there certain kind of red tape? Anything to to try and even bring some sort of justification to this? That's how bad a decision it seems to be. Yeah, you, you can't, Gordon. I think if you look at the footage, and I don't know as John said, there was a two-one decision, or or was it unanimous? Was it a three-zero decision? But I just for the life of me, I can't. Understand why it's that way There there is no Dubiety about it It is not a die There is clear Contact And like I say The the two things came out You're depriving a player Of playing in a cup final And you're depriving Inverness Of one of their best players In the final against Wraith Rovers And I I would strongly Say in this situation You can't let this lie If you're Inverness You've you've got to do Whatever you can to, To challenge us Make a noise about it Don't I wouldn't go quietly um, and this one, and I bet you there's people in the SFA hierarchy that are shaking their heads in disbelief at this decision as well. Craig, it just seems like, yeah, and I see where Mark's coming from because I, I wouldn't like it to descend into a situation. Ultimately, as a, as a player or a club, you, there becomes a point where you have to accept decisions, and I wouldn't like every club to to just pick perceived mistakes against them and start kicking up a fuss. But like I say, for anyone who's not seen it, it appears to be that bad. It, it really does I don't think there's any other way That, that you could spin, spin it No I don't think so um, Having seen it And You know I think The, the procedure of being able to Appeal a yellow card for, for simulation Is in place for a reason um, And and obviously You know It's it's lit James Keaton's down It's lit Inverness down At this point And um, it? How much would you love To be a fly on the wall When that decision's <clears throat> getting made I'd, I'd love it Maybe that says more about me being quite sad than anything else, but <laughs> but I mean, really because I'd who, I'd love to hear. Do we know Gordon who who makes the decision? Well, yeah, that's the whole, to be fair, that's the whole point. You're not meant to because we live in a blame culture and yeah, people yeah. would start hunting and, them down. To be honest, I, I think their... it's best we don't know yeah, that. It but it's just it's it's not about. Well, it's about the people who made it, but it's about the decision and and trying to correct what is clearly a wrong one. You know, yeah. regardless <laughs> who they are, who the individuals are, it's not about. It's about. I mean, something being done. Mark on on a Saturday or a Sunday we. We see the referees under, you know, massive, massive spotlight, particularly when Rangers and Celtic are involved. And 
We know who makes a decision on match day. You know, unfortunately, there's cameras everywhere. Unfortunately for, for yeah, the but, refs, but, they but, get but, a bad yeah, decision. But, but that's the point. We still see that blame culture. And the, do you know a way that it manifests itself? How often does a linesman give a decision, but when we get the call on the Monday night, it's, it's the referee, the referee. Yeah, because it's a name and we, we look for someone to blame. So I don't yeah. think the, 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 the identity of the people that make the decision even is Even in terms of is relevant. the background of the people making the decision. Well, I think that's what Inverness are getting at. They're alluding to it. And, you know, is it, is it former players? Is it guys yeah. who have played the game? Because but then again, and, and now I'm, I'm finding a slight defence. How often this season or, and last season have we argued about decisions made by the three the three man panel of former referees as well who do know the laws of the game? So it's not cut and dry just that if you pick people from a certain background, you're going to get agreements. John, just how much sympathy do you have for? For the player himself, James Keatings, I know he's a former Aki's player, you're a Hamilton fan. That's good on the David Gordon. It's just a No, no, I'm just asking about the, the sympathy you have for him though. Oh massive. I mean he's been denied the opportunity to appear in my cup final and he's still relatively young, but cup finals don't come along very often for players and it's just uh, denying the lad the chance to appear in my cup final. It sure is Thank you very much to John in Hamilton Let's quickly get some team news Just as the teams are about to come out the tunnel at Rugby Park Kilmarnock taking on Aberdeen For the chance to play St Mirren In the next round of the Scottish Cup Dave Galloway is there for us Thank you very much Gormel Of course these teams are doing it all again this evening After a 0-0 draw in the first tie at Pataudry The last time these two met in the Scottish Cup Two years ago The outcome was decided in a penalty shootout Right here With the Dons eventually going through Could this one go all the way to spot kicks as well Kilmarnock make three changes Brunescu, Broadfoot and El Macrini in for Koprivec, Del Fabro and Mackenzie so it's Laurentiu Brunescu in goals across the back Stephen O'Donnell, Stuart Finlay Kirk Broadfoot and Nico Hamalainen midfield Mohamed El Macrini Gary Dicker, Alan Power and Chris Burke up front Eamon Brophy and Nike Kabamba substitutes Koprivec, Johnson, Kilty, Millen uh, Del Fabro Taylor and Connell Aberdeen two changes McGeoch and Bryson in for Logan and Ojo Joe Lewis is in goals it's a back three tonight for the visitors Ash Taylor Scott McKenna and Addy Considine midfield Connor McLennan Craig Bryson Lewis Ferguson uh, Dylan McGeoch and Matty Kennedy with Niall McGinn playing just off at Curtis Main up front uh, substitutes for Aberdeen is uh, Cherney Logan Devlin Campbell Hedges Anderson and Cosgrove good atmosphere here at Rugby Park match referee Nick Walsh Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors the league leader for compensation talk to thompsons.com on the home stretch tonight with Craig Beattie and Mark <clears throat> Guidi tonight's question is eight non-Scots who scored UEFA Cup slash Europa League knockout stage goals for Celtic or Rangers since the 04-05 season You're doing okay You've got Brahim Hemdani And Nacho Novo for Rangers anymore I'm, I'm trying to think of the Rangers UEFA Cup final team So Jean-Claude Dacheville Yes, well done And I'll throw in another one I'm not really sure But I'm going to throw him anyway Carlos Cuellar No No, right is it, is, Jelovic? No It's the non-Scots part that's hard Because in that time You had Whitaker did it a couple of times right. Boyd A few others Stephen but, Davis Yes Ah, great shout Well done so one, two, three, four to go. Oh, let's go for it. So that's a Papach? No. No, right. 
Daniel Kuzan. Daniel Kuzan. Mark Wilson sees him in his nightmares. Daniel Kuzan. Right, and, 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 and the game we're looking for Because one of them is Celtic v Inter Milan When Ronnie Dylan was the manager But I'm t- that's what I thought Virgil van Dijk uh, Stuart Armstrong scored He yeah. happens to be Scottish yeah. The other one was an own goal So that doesn't count Right So who scored the third? That's the one you're looking for Right Tough is it? Yeah, yeah Daniel Storovic? Um, no he wasn't even that Celtic at that point No. Weirdly I mean it is and it isn't It's tough because He wasn't there for that long You've probably kind of forgotten about him But in the in the Context of that game It wasn't a great surprise That he scored Patrick Roberts? No Joringa uh, Berget? Berget? No, no. Alright We'll leave you to it Let's speak to Gary In the Gorbals Looking forward to tomorrow night's action Gary? Yeah It'll be good to get back To the Europa League action um, Obviously After the After the Rangers game You know Things were looking a bit bleak Things were looking a bit worrying But Obviously we've got that That lead back in the league and I think um, this could be a, a nice wee diversion for us kind of thing. Obviously, things are going well in the Cups as well. So um, it'll be good to get back to Europa League action and hopefully get a, a good result tomorrow. Yeah, I think that's that's obviously the key for Celtic, Craig BT. They'll be feeling like they get into this with some real momentum. It's a different picture for Rangers and it can work both ways. Stephen Gerrard was saying, well, he hopes this can kickstart. You know, a bit of a run for Rangers. Celtic don't have that incentive. They're just looking to kind of carry on what they've been doing. Yeah, Celtic are, are looking to carry on the the momentum. They've been very, very good. You know, we, we know how good they were in the group stages with only losing to Cluj with a, a much changed team. So their form in Europe of late has been very, very good. Um, as has Rangers, but I think uh, I think Braga are a, a much tougher, tougher opposition than what Copenhagen will pose. And, you know, if, if Rangers um, can get a draw on Thursday night, I think they would take that looking for an away goal in the second leg. Uh, no Lee Griffiths, Gary, does that concern you or just a, a quick formation change? Is that is that what you're anticipating? Yeah, I think um I think to be honest, I'm I'm actually wondering whether Lenny would have would have went uh, the three five two tomorrow, whether he would have went one up front being away from home. Um I I don't think it's that big a blow. We've obviously gonna have Bio I think on the bench. Um so, you know, Edward up front himself will be will be fine I think. Um obviously in terms of the team lineups I think I wouldn't have any doubt about putting a uh, wee Frimpong back in uh, right back in and left back kinda worries me a wee bit because obviously I wouldn't be too keen on starting Bolly but I think Hazel's start in there and then it's it's who's gonna play left wing because potentially Elianusi I think Although he's not had a lot of game time, could could slot in there and, and really prove dangerous down the wings. You would be amazed, would you not, if Bolingoli came back from wherever he's been to to play? Yeah, I, I ahead can't, of Johnny Hayes, I can't see that one. I see Hayes being the, the number one left back, where like Greg Taylor um, is injured. So no, I, I couldn't see Bolingoli fitting in the starting lineup tomorrow night. Not. I can see why it's not the priority for Celtic fans because you know they're winning at the moment and, and they're doing well and mm-hmm. Greg Taylor's playing well. Johnny Hayes is in there. Um, I wonder if, if and when we'll, we'll see a great deal of of, of ball and golly going forward because his, his match time recently has been so limited. Yeah, there was a, a I short, know there was an injury as well, but there was a short spell where he was sort of in the team um, and then he was taken out the team. I think it was through a niggle. 
and played, played against Clyde of course But that was a much changed yeah. team And then Johnny Hayes came in And for me had Has done well I don't think Johnny Hayes Has let anybody down um, I know he didn't have his best of games Against Ross County And the fans were pretty ruthless On the phone And after the match That Saturday night um, But obviously Taylor's come in And with a two confirmation Probably just looks A little bit more natural On that left sided um, area But listen Taylor's not available Tomorrow night And I've got no doubts That Johnny Hayes will go in And he won't let anybody down uh, just before we let you go Thank you to Gary For rounding things off tonight Give us a Match prediction For, for Kelly for Aberdeen uh, Oh sorry um, no, for, well, Yeah do them all if you want Kelly, Kelly Aberdeen through? Aberdeen to win an extra time okay. At Rugby Park Rangers to win 2-1 tomorrow night And Celtic to get a one each In okay. Copenhagen Just because it's the last time We'll speak to you Before then What do you think Craig? I fancy Celtic to nick it Tomorrow night um, I think Rangers will draw Tomorrow night Which won't be The worst result um, And I think Kilmarnock could be Aberdeen tonight mm, interesting. Well if we get even a fraction of the drama We got at Fir Park last night We will be doing well What about tonight's teaser Eight non-Scots have scored UEFA Cup Slash Europa League knockout stage goals For Celtic or Rangers Since 04-05 You've got Hemdani, Darcheville, Davis, Kuzan and Novo okay, Maggi Beguera No uh, The Celtic player Stefan Skepovic Nope Struggling squeech Swedish Not that Swede Oh, Timo Pukki He's Finnish Finnish He's not, he's only 27 <laughs> Blah 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 <laughs> um, Yep Sweet, sweetie yeah. That's the thing, Kame scored a lot of goals It looked good just, just Oh, Stefan Janssen No, he's, he's Norwegian, Norwegian. <laughs> <laughs> He's not always Scandinavian Go down toilet Yeah, I think it was he on loan was, was he a kid at Man City? He was never shy, very confident type. Oh, yeah, John Guidetti John Guidetti, right, quick The Rangers ones both in the same game Sporting Lisbon 2 Rangers 2 February 2011 God I was there I was at that game <laughs> Yeah it was Almost exactly 9 years ago Almost Right one was uh, American um, um, Bocanegra No De Beasley Marcus no, Beasley. I do Morris I do <laughs> And the last one And fair play to Mikey Mikey tweeted in He got them all And Mikey said Is the hardest one And this is the guy That you've not got I don't right. actually think it. I don't know why it's that hard I mean he was a forward player Scored very controversial figure Just throughout his career Not even at Rangers El Hadji Duf Yeah El Hadji Duf We got there in the end Thank you Mark and Craig Make sure you join us tomorrow What a night we have in store Copenhagen against Celtic At the beginning of the show Building up to Rangers Braga We'd love for you to join us Callum Gallagher is up next Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors, the form team for compensation for more than 40 years. Talk to Thompson's.com.